Holman, you know that news about Flow Air being purchased by Air Ride? Uh, I did see it this week. <laughs> Come with the seeing it, really? Yeah. You got to jab at me right, right as we start the show. I'm punchy right now. I have literally, let's see, in the last, I didn't eat since uh, like 11. It's uh, more than 12 hours later. And then you and I, because we've been here for so long, uh, just ate a large pizza by ourselves, chocolate-covered potato chips, garlic sauce, and Dr. Pepper. And now I'm punchy. (laughs) Some other things have happened in this studio which uh, (laughs) lend to its foul smell. But we are here and we're going to bring you episode 160 because we're super stoked. We have Mike Alexander on the show. Now, Mike. Hey, Mike A. Mike A is, you used to work with Mike back in the day. I did. He is. He was an editor for various magazines here at Motor Trend. Um, he's, a, he's a truck guy to the core. He loves anything low on the ground or beneath sea level. And he just sold his company, Flow Air Ride, that makes some incredible what we call them cylinders, air cylinders, sure. right? His the tanks, uh, air tanks. Yes, thank you. Billet air tanks too, which is a famous company you guys have probably heard of. And he went with the deal, so now he's uh, working for Airlift. So we're going to have him on the show to uh, kind of catch up and find out what the deal is and what his plans are going forward. But first, before we get into that, we have to thank our friends over at Nissan. So if you're in the market for a half ton or half ton plus truck, head over to your local Nissan dealer or to NissanUSA.com where you can build in price. And you can check out that five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, best in the business. And with that amazing sounding Endurance V8. Speaking of amazing sound, how about that Fender audio system? Uh, You know I love it. Yes, I do. I would marry it if I weren't already married. I want to hear it in the new 22 Nissan Frontier, and I can't wait to get my hands on one of those awesome little trucks. That's a lot of sound for a A small small truck. Yes, that's like wearing a really nice set of headphones. Maybe that should be uh, Nissan's new Frontier slogan. Uh, uh, Drive-in headphones? No, 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 no. You're you're thinking too granularly. Okay. Uh, How about the Nissan Frontier, wearable, drivable tech? Now, tech doesn't sound great crisp audio. Tech sounds like, a, I don't know, an Apple Watch or something. I like my Apple this Watch. Is a, this is great sounding audio. In a small space. In a small space. I bet that thing cranks. Because you love the, 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 the air pressure on yeah. our bodies. It feels good. Rah! Yeah, just, just the, the beat. Just feels good. Yeah, you know when you're listening to an EDM song and, the, and it Go drops? Go one! What are you doing? What are you, why just, are you yelling? I'm just, I, because I'm, I, just, I want people to get excited about the frontier like I am. That's all. By yelling at them? <laughs> I just have so much uh, extra energy from my potato chips covered in chocolate earlier. Speaking of small spaces like the bed of your truck that needs lots of storage for lots of stuff, you got to check out the new Decked Toolbox, which some people refer to as a crossover toolbox. It's the Decked Toolbox. And Holman and I had a chance to try to break into it, and we failed miserably. But that doesn't mean we don't love them. No, we love it more because we failed and we couldn't get in. Oh, then it's yes. It's secure and sturdy. Well, check them out over at uh, decked.com. And for all of your high-quality parts needs, you can head over to DuraLastParts.com, where you can find their SD brake pads, which are specially engineered for heavier trucks and hauling. The friction block is specially formulated to reduce heat buildup for greater stopping power under heavy loads. The premium burnishing strips spread the braking load better for improved performance. And OE slots and chamfers neutralize vibrations and eliminate noise. And you can pair them up with their last parts, SD rotors, which are fully zinc-coated, reducing rust and excessive wear from road grime or debris. They have application-specific metallurgy for improved heat dissipation and reduced wear. And the coverage is for over 93% of all vehicles since 2000. Holy mackerel. 93% of all vehicles? How many SKUs 
does Duralast have? They have a lot. Holy mackerel. And you know where you can get all of them? At your local neighborhood AutoZone. Correct. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Episode 160, if you can believe that. Well, we've been doing a bunch of bonuses, so it's really like 170-something. Yeah, we don't count like our SEMA-sodes and uh, all those special things. Man, that's a lot of episodes. We're getting up there, but we're nowhere close to like a Rogan that's got like 1,000 episodes. No, I, I think my goal, uh, I'm, I'm going to be out when we hit uh, 10 million downloads and... Uh, 500 episodes, then I'm going to retire. Why would you retire? You, you've made no money. That's true because that's, okay, I quit. So you're calling you quit. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. We give up. Yeah, that's it. I, I, uh, I've tried this for 10 years. I only got this far. I made mm-hmm. some people happy along the way. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Snow cabin call. in the woods, just hanging out by myself. Well, you know who's not retiring anytime soon because he's about to cash out? No, Mr. Mike Alexander, who just sold his Flow Air Ride company to a much larger company that's going to keep him employed for quite a long time because they make good stuff. Ooh, tell me more? I can't. You're going to have to dial him. All right. Hello, hello. Is this Mr. Mike Alexander? No, it's Mike A. Mike A. This is him. (laughs) What's up, dude? It's Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? Gentlemen, it feels like it's uh, been long, long, long overdue yeah. that we speak to you. Last but- time we saw him was at L- Lone Star Throwdown, I think. Yeah, like two years ago. But we didn't do like a formal interview. Like, no, that we we're needed like, dude, to do. we need to have you on the show. And then yeah. in that time, he built a business, sold it, and is no longer relevant. No, no, he's more <laughs> relevant than ever. Hold on, Mike. Before you can talk, we have a quick intro, so don't move. What does it take to be an entrepreneur? What does it take to be an entrepreneur? Quit your job and get a loan. Uh, Mike A, I've got a question for you before we start this interview that's been uh, gnawing at me since, ever since I saw the press release of you selling your business. Yes, sir. Uh, I want to know if you're now filthy rich, but I'm assuming you're <laughs> not because the new company gave you a job with a salary. So mm. are you my richest friend or did you get hosed and they just said, hey, give us all your assets and IP and we'll give you a job? Well, you just answered your own question. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I, I read the press release, and I'm like, oh, and I sent it to uh, Jay, and I go, dude, mm-hmm. Mike A's business sold. I go, Mike A's going to be rich. And then it goes, Mike Alexander, Mike now the brand job. guy. I'm like, oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> oh, Mike. Dude. I am now your employed friend, not your rich friend. <laughs> so how does it feel to pay off that 
one credit card, maybe? <laughs> right? Or the business two, loan? Two, or... two credit cards. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, We first we need to give some backstory as to who you are and why you matter to the trucking industry, right? To, the trucking the truck- industry? Well, I guess that means sound like big rigs, right? <laughs> yeah, it does it's like, like trucking, big. but I meant like T-R-I-N apostrophe, right? Okay, okay. So let's let's go backwards and and give a little Mike A history. Let's rewind time. How do you guys know each other, Mr. Holman uh, and we Mike don't. A? No, oh, you don't. No, we've never. No, this met. is the first. Really, <laughs> yeah. this is new. Sure. Okay. Well, Mike meet Holman. Holman meet Mike A. Uh, Mike, well, you first, were in you were in the magazine industry, right? Say, you you guys are the most professional sound effects podcast. I've um, ever seen. I take heard, uh, I, <laughs> I take ex- exception with that because uh, he didn't say we were professional. Just that the sound that comes out no, of the no, show just is just the sound stage. Just the sound stage. <laughs> we are hardly professional, as you'll soon find out. <laughs> so what's right, what, what's the backstory, magazine, Mike? Magazine talk. So from early days, man, me and Sean go way back, trucking, sport truck, mini trucking days. Um, Early on, you know, stealing golf carts from media tags and swapping uh, <laughs> stories at Indy Truck Bash. <laughs> what? I mean, we could, pro- we could probably tell some stories about uh, times when things were uh, um, tagged. Travis was here. Uh, nights of food fights <laughs> oh, in, in the hotel kitchens. Uh, um, so many fun. So many. Anything fun that happened at Showfest. Um, that hey, was Showfest. That was Finnegan. Wait, 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 wait. Showfest, the Mississippi one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I heard that one was crazy. There's still things I won't talk about that night. <laughs> I mean, wait, they, which year? Wait, wait, wait. All of those stories are still all, under embargo. All of them. Embargo. Um, that was. I will tell you that there were a lot of shows we went to back in the day, especially show season in the summertime, and there were some good ones. There was the you know the stuff at uh, Truck and Nats. Um, you know, uh, in Arizona at, at fire, was a fiber raceway or whatever. Um, yeah, the raceway. yeah, we've had, so, you know, Indy was great. I mean, you could just go down the list, but Greenville was an animal, uh, uh you know, by itself. <laughs> I mean, the things right, you could Right, right gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The time I kept John O'Neill from going to jail. Um, <laughs> this is what year? Approximately. This would be uh, 2003, 2003 4, 5. Oh, that late. I thought you were going to yeah. tell me like late 90s. No, 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 no. It was no. wild in the early 2000s. And you could wear a trucking or a mini trucking shirt, walk down the street, and you were a hero. I <laughs> never been, I've never had more free liquor in my life. Was it better than pulling up in a Girls Gone Wild bus? Uh, that well, that was Similar. where that that was where that happened. I, I've told that story, right? <laughs> I think you have. Yeah, where the the, the Girls Gone Wild uh, pickup truck that I rode in up and down uh, the main drag. And then later asked those guys when I hopped, they're, you, you're with trucking? I said, yeah. They're like, come on in. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Best night ever. And then uh, I, I go, I got to hop out and work. And I go, hey, by the way, you guys really with Girls Gone Wild? He goes, no, my buddy owns a sticker shop. <laughs> um, oh, God. They're so, I want to tell them. I, I can't. You can't. Okay. No. Well, that's fine. Let's, let's, so, Mike, where did you first, we're going to get to being an entrepreneur and selling your company and being a high and businessman. But let's go back. And wait, wait, wait. Can I, we go back and figure out where Forrest is now? I just remember doing TJ Hooker slides across the hood of his Buick Park <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> Forrest. <laughs> or, or where all the – I remember he pulled up uh, one year and he goes, I bought all the insurance on this thing. We want to do a TJ Hooker slide? And people were running over. They're doing t- tumbling over it. The, the roof was dented in. The hood was dented. And the whole trunk, he turned into a cooler. 
except all the yes. ice all the ice just yes. melted and i guess <laughs> the electronics were back there and that was a problem i remember right. yeah <laughs> were you with us when it was it was like me dan travis you might have been with us there's five of us in a buick century that i had rented from the airport and we went down to where the the um the paddle boat was, and so the parking lot was like a concrete slope into the water, so we backed it in as far as we could no. go. What show was that? That was Showfest. I don't think I was there. Or, yeah, no, that was, that was I don't think I was there. Yeah, so we backed it in. <laughs> you launched the Buick down the boat ramp? No, we, ba- we backed it in because it was front-wheel drive, and we put the entire back of the car up to about the middle be- of, between the doors <laughs> underwater and revved it to make it listen like sound like a boat, and like Travis is like in the back and water's coming in. And I had to like gun it to get out of there because now the water, the suction of the water is like holding the back and everybody's in it. And we're like trying to pull out and it's doing a burnout, but the water won't release it. And we're trying to climb up this concrete bank and we're thinking, "Uh oh, you're idiots. Oh, yeah, for sure. Did you make did you make it out? Yeah, yeah, we I made- definitely was not there for this. I would have oh said it's God. the best worst idea you ever had. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> oh my God! Uh, and then I remember it must have been for Heat Wave one year. A bunch of us. Uh, Gary was in the car, or we were in a car that Gary was driving. And, and where's was- Heat Wave? Uh, Austin, Texas, Texas which is Texas amazing. That's where I saved John O'Neill from uh, from jail, and we also picked up a streetwalker and gave her a ride. <laughs> that blends together because you could say that about almost every show ever. <laughs> the, the fun part about that was, like, he was trash and I wasn't. I was fine. And he tried to get into a fight at a hotel party, like it was like a mo- you know Motel Six with like you know the outside doors and stuff. And the whole parking lot right. got so crazy that people started hucking the soda machines from the second floor and trying to get him into the pool. And then the police helicopter came, <laughs> yeah. and John was John yeah. people and trying to fight people. I'm like, dude, we gotta go. So I get I him out a, of there. I ran an ironing board, like I surfed an ironing board down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to a different hotel, but I've, I've got the rental car, and I'm like, dude, we got to get out of here. And I can't remember who it was at Street Trucks, but John was trying to fight him because he was drunk. And I'm like, no, dude, come on. So Maybe we're, Kevin we're, or something. Yeah, so we're driving, and, and this you know uh, uh, local worker was walking, <laughs> and he's like, oh, we should give her a ride. And I thought that was funny. So my whole point was, let's just give her a ride. And so we pulled over and we're like, hey, do you need a ride somewhere? And she goes, well, what are you guys looking for? I'm like, no, 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 you, don't, you misunderstand. We actually just want to give you a ride. And she goes, oh, yeah, I'm uh, like four blocks up here. I'm like, okay. She gets in. She's like, why do you want to give me a ride? I'm like, I don't know, because you look like you need a ride. And she goes, well, thank you. She goes, what, what are your names? And I go, I'm Sean. And John turns around. And he's like, hi, I'm John. And he's just trash. And she goes... Well, I'm Laura, and John freaking like turns around and touches her knee. Oh no, no, and she no! Donkey no. punches him in the back of the head <laughs> and goes, "Don't touch me!" And then she would only talk to me the rest of the time. And so we pull off, and she goes, "Bye, thanks for the ride." And John's like, "Bye." She goes, "I'm not talking to you." <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, lord! Sounds God. about right. Oh, That's sounds so funny. How did you get into the mag industry back in the day? Oh man. Well, actually, I think I interviewed with Kevin Wilson and Lance, right, for mini trucking. Make him a famous. So, is this Lance Martz? Yes, it is. Yes, sir. Oh, wow. Okay, now Lance Martz, so, we, we interviewed Lance, I think, way back when he was at Klein Airhorns. Yeah, yeah, correct. Okay. He was there for a while. Um, in in the early days, like, I want to say I just wanted a, a automotive job of anything. I was working at Circuit City as a kid. You know, just trying to 
be involved. You know, I followed these guys around, Sean, Courtney, Brian McCormick, um, Steve Stillwell. And it was like, you know, how do I get paid to drink beer and jump golf carts in the lakes? And <laughs> nobody, nobody would tell me the answer. <laughs> like literally everyone's like, <laughs> so I just, you know, kept bugging them and being persistent about it. And, you know, Hey, I'll carry your gear at this show or I'll do this. And, uh, eventually Kevin Wilson called me in for an interview, um, uh, for mini trucking magazine. And I started as a staff editor and, you know, worked my way up and eventually, uh, became editor of mini trucking. So did you have a journalism background or no, you just were <laughs> absolutely <fan>. not <laughs> 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 like furthest from, I mean, I, like I was always into cars and trucks and specifically air ride. Like I was fascinated with just being as low as you possibly could be. Um, and cutting stuff up in uh, garages and breaking shit. <laughs> well, that makes two of us on the uh, the air suspension because I've always been fascinated. And what's weird is I've never owned a car or truck with air suspension until now. I'm about to put one together. Wait, didn't, your, what, didn't one of your lifted ones have helper? Like nah, an air that doesn't count. Helper bags doesn't count because yeah, all it does yeah, is it, not, you know, it, it keeps yeah, it from yeah. squatting, which, you know, <laughs> gotcha. I, I, which I'm a big fan of, you know, but that's not really air suspensions where you can, you know, lay, you know, Fully lay the body on the ground or lay the frame. Yeah. 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 So you had yeah, gotten into that really early. Yeah. I mean, early on, like I'm talking ball valves and Home Depot air tanks and trying to make, you know, plumbing work from departments in uh home depot that weren't meant to go on your your vehicle <laughs> <laughs> that was late 90s you know when air suspension just started you know people were using air shocks to to adjust um outside of hydraulics like hydraulics had just kind of phased into how do we use air suspension on cars i think what's missing in today's world is <laughs> like yeah, the slow, like I, I, the uh, one that took like ten minutes to like. <laughs> yeah. Now it's just like. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, no, I'm bringing it back, dude. Okay, I'm trying to bring it back. Yeah, well. So Qu what, quarter what, inch airline. Yeah, what was the? I'm doing all. Yeah, all hard lines. Um, what what do you um, what truck was first on your list to to drop? Oh, well, back in '96, uh, the S10 just came out. I learned how to drive a stick by going to a dealership and buying one. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the, you know, that's the way to do it. So, trial by trial by fire. Actually, what I would have done is test driven one and taught yourself, then bought the next the one next to it. Yeah, <laughs> and then buy someone else's. Blow, blow, blow <laughs> the salesman's walking, watching you go down the street. <laughs> no, that's like when I worked for Norm Reeves Honda on Beach Boulevard in Huntington Beach as a parts driver, and my very first day uh, was, "Do you know how to drive stick?" I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> nope. And I taught myself that day on a Toyota, 1990 Toyota. <sighs> That's exactly, I don't know. Like there's something about us truck guys that just, we say yes and figure it out. hundred percent. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so, so really, I mean, that was my first mini truck. And then, you know, I was still making payments on it when we took a plasma to it. And it was just not a good idea in any way, shape or form. <laughs> Did it not work or was it a big fail? What happened? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of it. Yeah. So what happened? Yeah, I mean, what, that, what, that wait, wait. Was... So you're notching it, and you get, and you could like what? You didn't know how to fabricate, and so it, the bag, the system. Like Finnegan was on the show, and he was just talking about how back in the day, 
the air suspension was no good and you just the, the bags would lose pressure now they you've got your tire jammed up in your wheel well and now you're just sitting on a highway somewhere yeah i mean yeah all of it yep exactly <laughs> <laughs> i mean multiple times right like we all learned by by breaking it and learning again and breaking it and learning it again and you know you you got better as you went but even my best buddy fabricator who's like the dude you're like all right i broke it help me fix it you know he didn't get it right three times out of the five like it was we were you needed better friends with higher skills (laughs) (laughs) well no that i mean sean that he broke multiple things (laughs) (laughs) we we really all just learned as we went back then right like you know you know now you're at banks now sean you know is is running the entire off-road side like Every we all learned as we went, but delivering pizzas as kids and breaking is what we did. <laughs> well, it's funny, it's because I think the nostalgia of us reminiscing, going, "Man, I love that truck. I I love the vibes. I love Saturday night with the music up and the windows down, just cruising down PCH or whatever." And you're For like, sure. "Man, I wish I could have that truck back." No, you don't. No, no if, if no, that truck showed up today in your driveway and somebody handed you the keys, you would go, this is a freaking death trap. And my family, you have to stay 10 feet away from it at all times. And I'm only going to drive it if I hang bubble wrap off the side. Like, seriously, there were sharp Absolutely. booger welds. There were sharp corners. If your truck didn't make you bleed, then, you know, you I just. Oh, yeah. dude, I, that's I would it. not let my kids. Anywhere no. near the stuff that we drove. No, as kids. <laughs> my my oldest is going to be fourteen this year. She's getting close to driving age. You think I want her in anything oh. I drove when I was that age? No. Yeah, but listen, guys, that stuff is still going on. Like I I passed a Costco a couple nights ago, and in the parking lot were a bunch of guys with Subarus and whatnot, and they were all stanced out. And you know, some of the guys and some of them were just beat, but they were low. And then they would right. leave, and just the little bot dots on not the highway, but just the regular streets, they were bouncing. Like boing boing boing, like they had zero <laughs> suspension. They Stance, bro. Stanced out, crazy negative camber to where you couldn't put a business card between the rim and the fender. Um, just that kind of stuff. Anyway, so that's what I'm saying is it's still happening. Um, it yeah, doesn't. It, it does not seem to be happening in the truck world the way I wish it was. Like when it did when you guys were talking about, but it is still happening in other areas. Well, yeah, of automotive. I mean, an entry level truck now is twenty five thousand dollars. So just you know, that's not it's not the kid market at this point. Well, right? and a lot changed too because of cafe and emissions and EPA. Where what a lot of people don't understand is the the reason there's no mini trucks today isn't because there isn't a market for mini trucks. The reason is is because the footprint that your vehicle puts out. You know, is a match to what the emissions requirements and fuel economy and all that are. So if you make a small truck, you're getting into small car territory. And to make a small truck into small car territory that's beefier, heavier, less aerodynamic, you essentially have to put in a really expensive drivetrain, either a diesel or a battery electric vehicle or whatever, in order to get that fuel economy out of it. And now you have a tiny truck that doesn't make sense because it's 35 grand because of the technology to keep it in that size class to keep the, the right. fuel economy where so it just it's not practical that you'll we're because of today's regulations we'll never go back to a true mini truck um, you'll see some manufacturers trying with some car based trucks coming out you'll see the Ford Maverick for example but the smallest right. thing that's going to be out there is like the new Nissan Frontier and that's any everything else is going to be bigger it's just how it is yeah, you know, absolutely. Well, that's yeah, depressing. I mean, 
and end call. Love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Peace out. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, the kids will always find a way, right? Like, that's just what we do. Like, every generation is going to find a way to be rock and roll, to rebel, to, you know, pump some Elvis through the speakers. They're going to figure it out. It just isn't the truck scene that we grew up in. <laughs> when did you decide, Mike, that you knew enough about air suspension and air systems that you were going to launch your own company that turned into Flow Air Ride? F-L-O, Flow Air Ride. Ooh, well, that's a loaded question. I still don't know enough about suspensions <laughs> to be well, honest. Well, hold company. on a second, but the <laughs> Airlift, which is a very reputable company, uh, thinks highly enough of you that they invested. Yeah, so, I mean, the reality is what hit me, my wife was pregnant, right? So with our first boy, um, I realized that I didn't want a nine-to-five job and, you know, to miss some of that. I was working a lot in the industry, traveling a lot and just, you know, like overworked. And I didn't want to be the absentee father. I didn't want to, you know, be on the road paying the bills. So I dropped everything and started Slammed magazine so I could have a little more freedom of my own and do my own thing and be there uh, for my boy. What does your wife do that allowed you to do that? Um she believes in me. <laughs> oh, so you did not you did not have a wow. sugar mama. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a lead, dude. Mean, it, it was it was a wild time. Um yeah. So like my, my pregnant wife is like, sure, honey, go ahead and quit your job with the health insurance. Yeah, and we things. don't need insurance <laughs> while I'm pregnant. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, my wife is crazy, but she loves me. Um <laughs> So we did it, man. Like we just started our own company and that, that was the scariest, but most rewarding thing ever at the time. Um, and you know, you guys know how media empires go. Like really, we just had to find some support and create some, some fun, cool content that people were interested in. And at the time, I mean, the, the print magazine stuff, you know, you've seen it all the way through Sean, but ultimately like we just wanted to be a cool brand with some, some, timely content for all things air ride, you know, genre non-specific. So we did hot rod, stance cars, trucks, anything that was slammed was the, th the theme, you know, anything that was lowered. But honestly, like real quick, we saw the rise of social, you know, Facebook and Instagram just taking over, you know, even from website views, from clicks, from getting an ad to be clicked, to have a revenue stream, to have a line item, to have a business model. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we rode a scary digital magazine brand through and grew it to uh, a couple different titles. You know, Rev Media Group was the parent company that I created the umbrella. We did lifted trucks. We did some pro touring stuff. You know, we expanded as we could. But real quick, I just saw that social media giant, the Facebook and Instagram. That was our metrics. Like, right. People were looking spending way more time on Instagram, just double tapping and scrolling, double tapping and scrolling, double tapping and scrolling and not consuming, um, you know, AKA time on page. They weren't staying and reading the articles. They were just looking at the pretty pictures. So fast forward a little bit. And I, I just got the itch, um, you know, from back to rewind a little bit. I worked at Acura suspension for a while as director of marketing. Um, so I had already dived into product development, R and D some, putting some ideas to paper and actually seeing them come to market. 
Um, and I, I had this idea that was in my head for about 10 years, actually, uh, since Japan visit. So I remember like all the Japan, the cool. Yeah, like Nitto and uh, there were a couple trips where they yeah. invited journalists over for, God, it was like a week at a time or something like that. A couple different trips that we got to go experience. Well, I didn't get to go experience car culture for whatever reasons. Every one of those got yanked and I didn't get a chance to go. So somebody else went on all of them. And I, re- I remember one of our friends tried to get into a, it was a knife fight in a train or something like that. And... <laughs> yeah. but Japan it's... is, I mean, it's a wild culture, but automotively, they're just very creative. Um, like just a, a, a way about them that's like ahead of the curve, but like almost nostalgic. It's like this retro modernism that I just fell in love with their style. Yeah, they, so that, they, it is rad. I mean, the things that come out of there, uh, I've got a lot of friends uh, who work at car manufacturers over there who are on assignments over there. Uh, the pictures and stuff they post, the car culture, it's really cool. Yeah. I always thought because, Mike, they were confused. Because what they were <laughs> – yeah. no, no, the reason – I don't they mean mimic, that as an insult. Yeah, they, they mimic wrongly but almost better, right? Like their lowrider culture is more lowrider than our culture. It's like a very – it's because they don't You're have right. us to ruin it. Well, to, to me, I look at like, <laughs> yeah, right. like, like, like the Harajuku district, right? They'll take everything from around the world and put it yeah, in a like blender. A They'll take Chicano culture from Southern California. They'll take you know some other, and they, they get it all together and it's mashed up, and then they and they rock it, and you're like. What is that disaster? But other people who don't know, who aren't from one of those cultures, like don't they look at it and go, "Wow, that's fresh," you know? And yeah, but, it, it, well, it's it like is. an homage, it's right? Almost... Like it's it's actually respectful the way they do it. It's it's a hat tip to what they're taking from because they like it and they're incorporating yeah, it in it their own way. Is. It's, it's, it's not disrespectful at all. It's all about them respecting and trying to incorporate. Well, and that's the thing that strikes me the most is it, it's all in. Like they give it their all. It's in the, like there's nothing half-assed about it. They they go all the way with it, like overboard, right? What like one trip stood out to me probably about 10 years ago and I, I met this builder who built his own air tank and it, it was basically a whammy tank like the old hydraulic cylinder style tank where he took plexi lit up his air tank and created his own billet ends and you know modular uh, struts that held the ends together and such but just the, the way he created his own air system and it was so bespoke and just like it was beautiful. It was just beautiful. And I, I kind of fell in love with that. Like, let's make a one-off something that people can utilize and make their own. So I, I just kind of like it, it hit me and stuck with me that I wanted to productize. I wanted to create um, a product that people could take and make it their own, but still had some utilitarian function behind it. Like it actually did something like it, it actually worked. <laughs> I mean, that's helpful when you're selling a product. So you were inspired, (laughs) Mike, you were inspired enough by that air cylinder that you came back and eventually made something of it. You were still at, you were not at AccuAir at that time or how did it work? Because I know that I want to get into the story because AccuAir famously created the endo tank and I know there was something you had, you had done it. You were at SEMA with your product and they were at SEMA with their product and yeah. Get into that. What's the timeline? Because I'm sure I'm confused about what happened when. You mean just about that? Yeah. <laughs> or in general? Because in general, I'm always confused about it, about timelines. Well, I mean, very much so, right? Like, I was there, you know, that there was a think tank, right? Like, plenty of great brains behind that brand. And, you know, um, 
you know, failure aside, like what they created was, was an epic brand with a lot of cool product. And there was plenty of us involved, you know, plenty of people at that company would pitch in ideas and try to bring them to fruition. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I left to do my own thing because I had different ideas and went a different direction, but there was similar timing there. If you, if you want to take it as such. <laughs> and we'll get to that, but can, can we touch on, since we're, we're going to leave AccuWare behind, cause we're going to talk about flow, but I am curious. We had Reno on the show and they were killing it. And then all of a sudden they weren't. And, and it then was there are some very angry people and it uh, was out there. Very surprising. I haven't when when we read the news about AccuWare shuttering because of COVID, I personally thought, wow, how did they not have any money in the bank? And I'm sure you can't speak to that part, Mike, but how um yeah, I was I was there earlier on. Okay. Um, so like like We're, through the troubled waters. Just from an outsider perspective, you know, I, I feel like it was just heavily invested. You know, the company was sold off and not owned by the owners anymore, right? So I feel like it was just heavily invested for the R&D and to bring new product to light, but there wasn't enough cash and or product or any kind of um, stock to maintain that. So, I, I mean, I think it was a month-to-month business model at that point, unfortunately. It just to, for it to just vanish overnight to because they controlled kind of the they were the innovators in that space with the air management systems. You know, every every magazine cover. Every I mean, they had a was, great the marketing was amazing. Right. And the products were good. But I don't know that the supply or the business model lived up to the hype in the end. Well, I guess how many lowered vehicles needed air management, and that's really what they specialized in. And, you know, I, I so so that dovetails into flow. Like you're creating flow, and you and you you develop this air tank. But as far as I know, you were just doing these billet air tanks. And I thought, and I walked by your booth a couple years back at SEMA go, and going, that's amazing. How many can he sell? So I'm curious about that. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely, right? Like there's there's a pie and we all got to take a slice of it. Market share is an interesting thing, but, you know, we so feel pie. like- air... Yeah, so is <laughs> pie. So, so is pie. Pie is an interesting I'm thing. I'm kind of hungry right pie now. Pie is a yummy thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ultimately, market share is- it's, it's a funny thing because people get so competitive about something. Right. And like, let's be honest, like I'm the small guy. I was the small guy building air tanks in my garage. Like I'm not a threat to a tier two, you know, $20 million company. I should, I mean, at least I shouldn't be, <laughs> but, but when it came, we, when it comes down to it, like everybody that has air suspension needs an air tank. Everybody that has air suspension does not need air management. So they're, there's supply and demand, but then there's also necessity. Every single lifted, lowered, onboard air, train horns, you need more air tanks than you do computer-controlled suspension. That's just the reality of it. And so you looked, how were you able to do market research to, to say, here's how many tanks I think I should be selling per year? So, I mean, really, that's just trial by fire, learning as you go. In in the very, very beginning, look, I wanted Flow Air Ride to create an air compressor. So our entire, like, life's blood of wanting to come to market with things that currently were ugly and did not perform well, 
that was what I wanted to do was make things prettier and perform better. Well, the air compressor was one of the big things that we focused on early on, but it, you know, s- similar things like as COVID hit and as things hit vendors, supply chain, you know, things get very hard to source things. You know, our actual compressor vendor shut down. Like a lot of things happened through all that. And unfortunately the compressor never really became a reality because I was selling so many air tanks and I had to spend all my time and effort building said air tanks and taking phone calls to sell said air tanks that like the air tank became the company almost on accident. (laughs) Which makes you look really smart, (laughs) but you're just really lucky, which I rather have luck any day. He's just reacting to the market at this point. Yeah. I mean, really it's, you know, go ahead and rewind and delete that part, but man, <laughs> like it's it's every business I feel like you're just you're you're creating a solution to a problem, but ultimately like you know, we're just guessing as we go too, right? I did not realize that the air tank was gonna be such a vital part of the suspension system. We wanted to get to the compressor and we never could because we were so busy selling air tanks. But the air tank look was awesome. It kind of had this futuristic, functional, like minimalist, and it was just rad. I mean, it was the thing that people wanted for their build because to that point, air tanks, you could get them powder-coated or candied or different colors, but they didn't really have style. It was just a tank that was sort of prettied up. Your tanks had style. Well, let's talk through that, Mike. So, for example, let's go back in the day. uh, Were were the original tanks just mild steel, and then you took it to billet, and then you made the end tank? I I don't think our audience understands what your tanks are today and the reason that Airlift bought the company. And will your product line live on with Airlift? All right, so a few-part question. Um, That's what we do best. We ask lots of questions (laughs) and hope you'll answer half of them. (laughs) Well, the evolution of the flow air ride tank, all of the R&D, like, look, we didn't beta test on our customers. We we tested and blew up a bunch of tanks in a bunch of different ways. We had rods. We had all thread in the middle of the tank that, you know, like we had all kinds of versions before we came to market. But the tank currently in people's vehicles is the tank we came to market with. It's a threaded billet 6061 end cap, and it's it's borrowed technology from oil field. You know, uh, oil field pipelines that are 3,000 psi, they thread end caps onto those those pipes. So we wanted to create a non-welded, you know, a bolt together end cap tank that was pretty. Every, every other air tank that's steel, obviously everybody knows the corrosion and the problems with steel tanks. Steel tanks are kind of on their way out. They're a thing of the past. It's just a cost-effective solution because when you put something under the vehicle, it doesn't need to be pretty, right? So they, they hide it wherever they can put it. But a nice, beautiful, robust air tank it, you know, wasn't enough. What we did on the end cap was actually a, per, a perimeter mount system. So those quarter 20 bolt holes around the end cap allows you to mount the air tank in any position in any direction and actually build your own mount systems off of that to float another air tank to add a compressor to add your valve system so we kind of created this cool modularity to grow the system and expand we hadn't quite gotten there with the bracketry and such which i i believe comes to the second part of that question is you know what are we going to do with airlift and and now 
<clears throat> launching the tank with airlift will allow first and foremost for product availability <laughs> because if if you guys know much about my uh did it ship yet hashtag uh, <laughs> we're, we're backlogged quite a bit we have a I hashtag like that it's called uh <laughs> is it done yet no no we also with our exactly. t-shirts hasn't shipped yet <laughs> well that's true yeah <laughs> Exactly. I mean, like, are you, you selling your those. hashtag, Mike? Now that you work for a company that actually can ship things, because we'd like to borrow that for our T-shirt uh, campaign. It's registered, RickyBobbyTrademark.com. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. So ultimately, fulfillment is the first phase, right? So like, we're ramping up now. I'm actually in a hotel room in Michigan talking to you guys from the airlift plant. So we're ramping up and fixturing and getting, you know, five cells ready to to produce these tanks at you know triple the volume that we we previously were let's talk about the 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 tanks because it sounds like we just screwed on two end tanks and that's it you have fittings in them i want to talk about that like how many how many different variations did you go through iterations did you go through before you ended up with this tank because it's not just again it's not just a tank with with a with a with a welded bung on it Right, yeah. At Welded bung. Point, I saw them uh, at the Roxy. Uh, they broke up last night. <laughs> well, what it was was, uh, yeah, the guy was on steel guitar, <laughs> yep. and it got corroded, and it blew out under the pressure of the uh, the amps. <laughs> I read I read about that on the uh, Orange County Register. Yeah, yeah, you know what's funny is they used to use a lot of um, condensation in their uh, in their act, mm-hmm. it, which just wasn't good for the for the welded bung. I feel like there's a sound effect coming. No, no, that's no, just no, no, that's just what we do. That's just we just take things sideways and into the music world with band names that we carry on for minutes longer than we should. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> the, the question is, all right, so your end tanks are unique because most tanks we're used to seeing just have a an aluminum or stainless steel bung welded onto the outside with a, you know, oh, right. a 1-8 NPT or whatever the hell it is, 3-8 NPT, screws in and call it a day. Yours are different. The evolution of the tank, like at some point, I actually, we're going to work on putting together, you know, the five or six prototypes that we went through and we're going to like build a glass case that shows the different end caps, you know, how we failed multiple times before we got to the product that is the product to market today. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll definitely share that with you guys, but over about a year and a half, we spent about a year and a half of R and D, um, building and destroying these air tanks that, that wouldn't live up to, you know, the air tank that we have today. Some of them were big and heavy and bulky, and some of them were light and cool, but you know, couldn't pass the test. But ultimately what we did was work, you know, with a good friend at a machine shop to sample and prototype multiple levels of billet because we knew that like ultimately aluminum. So like even the seamless tanks or anything that's aluminum or stainless, you know, you're not, you're going to avoid the corrosion, right? So you got to go down that path, but we didn't want to weld. We didn't want to do any of these other processes. So we knew we wanted to have a multi-piece tank that bolted together. That's where we started with our drawings. But then from there, we didn't want outside rods. We didn't want inside rods. Uh, we didn't want anything that could become a spear in a catastrophic failure. Um, to, you know, so from there, we just kept narrowing it down to like, how are we going to assemble these tanks? How are they going to get assembled? And um, you know, <laughs> the day it happened, I, I walked into the machine shop with a glass mason jar. There was no moonshine in it anymore there was none left <laughs> and, you know i just screwed the lid onto the the mason jar and i'm like well, 
maybe we're overthinking this. Like, why can't we screw these end caps into the into the air tank? And we just kind of all looked at each other, and uh, that was that light bulb moment that was like, all right, well, let's try it. You know, so the engineering side is obviously you need you know your wall thickness, your thread pitch, your you know all these all the math that these guys do, and that look, that's not me. I'm just a pretty face, right? I mean, so, prettier than us for sure. I don't know. <laughs> We're handsome we gents. <laughs> well, it's we, debatable. We, we walked. We walked down that road of you know playing with the threads and getting the billet to to attach to each other and such, and went through a few iterations of that, and we we dialed it in. So we have a threaded end cap billet designed air tank. You know, to where you have beautiful ends that are they're three-eighths NPT port, quarter NPT port, and eighth NPT port, you know, milled into the end cap. So there's no extrusion, you know, bung sticking out, none of that, like you were talking about. And everything is just nice and in its place. It's, it's a symmetrical design. So you can run your hard line, you can run swage lock, you can do A&N, um, all those things that like some of the other air tanks kind of fail at when you go to install and have symmetry to your installation or build a beautiful trunk setup you know so, some of those port placements get a little funky so we focused on that and we focused on that mounting system after like once we got the tank to hold and to stay together um you know then we kind of brainstormed through the thought process of how do we mount this thing in a cool way and that's that perimeter mounting setup that we came up with the billet feet. So it's still a billet. It's not a rubber foot. It's not a strap. It's you know nothing like that. It's it's its own unique perimeter mounting system um, using our our billet feet. So does that carry on with the new company? Yes, sir. So currently, Airlift, um, what we're doing is manufacturing the raw billet air tank as is flow. Um, obviously their R and D and engineering is a little more stout than what we had before. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> so there's, there's, you know, multiple line testings, leak tests, um, assembly procedures, you know, product liability insurances. And did you find out from them? Like when they were looking at your product, they went, Hey, look, Mike, we love your product, but how the hell have you been selling this for so long? <laughs> or, or, or did they say, dude, that's pretty good for your garage. A little bit of both of those, right? (laughs) (laughs) Ultimately, I mean, uh, like, look, going through due diligence and learning about how bad you are at running a business is no fun for anybody. (laughs) And then there's that. (laughs) You know, like, you really, like, you you get humble real quick. (laughs) So did you you walk away going, yeah, I did all right, you know? Or did you walk away looking over your shoulder going, Whoa, can't believe they bought that. Damn, I got what? a new job. Hey, honey, I got health insurance. <laughs> but I, I have a feeling that Mike actually, it's kind of a sigh of relief in some way because it's hard to be a small business owner. It's hard to be a small business owner. And also, especially with a young family, you get to a point where he was having trouble fulfilling orders. And that could have gone on until someone had him, you know, it was either be bought or someone. Uh, give him a check for half a million dollars so he can invest or he's going to go on Shark Tank or, and they would never invest in anything like this. They don't do automotive, but... No, uh, automotive, they would laugh at you. They'd be like, 20% margins? Are you stupid? Yeah, right. They <laughs> never would have done that. Yeah. So, to me, it's kind of a sigh of relief because now there's a company that is invested in what you do. It's Airlift. It's already Air Systems. It's all in the family and they can they can supersize what you're doing and make sure that there's no product liability and that there is 
procedures and, and, and insurance and all the things that go along with it. And now hopefully you'll still be the guiding light in, in this area of their business. Yeah. You know, lightning, you really nailed it. Like the sigh of relief, the, the, the metaphor I gave my wife on why this is, you know, it's hard, you know, yeah, there's, there's some things that I'm going to miss, but the, it, it, we're sending our kid off to college with a full Harvard scholarship that like we just could have never pulled off. Right. So we're going to do the packaging and we're going to do the cool, you know, websites and the cool, you know, everything that we always wanted to do that we couldn't afford to do necessarily is what, you know, my baby is going to become now. That's a good feeling. So it's, it's, it's a really cool feeling. It's, you know, it's a huge sigh of relief on the fulfillment, the did it ship phone calls and such, but bigger than that is that it does live on, you know, it's a hard thing to get through this era. Like, you know, let's call it the COVID era for any small business to survive right now is as we've seen, right. It's a challenge. Uh, but you did kind of hit the nail on the head, like health insurance for the kids. And, you know, there's a lot of stability in a job. Look, you guys know better than anyone. There's pros and cons to being your own boss. And there's pros and cons to security. There's pros and cons to the freedom and flexibility that you have as a business owner. There's pros and cons to it all. But we ride the wave, you know, <laughs> like we're just, we're just here. <laughs> we're figuring it out as we go. Nobody has the answer. I, I think it's cool because... You invented something there was clearly a need for, and, you know, I, I would have been interesting to find out if you could have beaten, you know, the 500-pound gorilla that is Viair, right, in, in going after the, the compressor market. But now you don't have to because Airlift has their own line of compressors, correct? Yeah, I think we actually use Viair compressor. Oh, um, well, see, there you go. Now they're a 600-pound gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> and ultimately, I mean, yeah, that would have been fun. Like, you know, we had our we had our banter back and forth, but that is a huge market. I mean, you guys know even the off-road utilitarian side, like a oh, huge uh, a compressor market is much larger than any air management market because yeah. people just pumping up tires are using compressors. They'll never use airbags, but uh, the compressor market that is that's why that was my goal in the beginning. It didn't work out, and maybe maybe we will get a shot. Oh, interesting. Listen to that. A little breaking news there. Yeah, no, I the feel like he's going after Vier. I mean, I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you an NDA, guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, so uh, I just just so we're clear, Mike, uh, we don't have the software. We didn't pay for the software that allows us to go back and edit. So just you know, this it is, is, all what it is. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, all of our flubs and everything goes out right over the air. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Airlift is a big company, and and they do out from helper springs. They do stuff for RVs, at, right? right? They do for, it's all kinds of stuff. I mean, they. Where where do you fit in to like how much how much uh, clout do you carry over there in, in this product line? And what kind of bag do you carry it in? Your clout, <laughs> an airbag. Come on, oh, hit that! Oh, hold on a second. Hold I, on. I wait, where, where Lightning is slow on the uptake on that one. <laughs> Thank we you. There for, we go. That was for yourself. Sound effects too. are back. <laughs> oh, so disappointing. Mm-hmm. Well, so ultimately, the the product line um, is one brand line in you know, like you said, a sea of product lines there, right? But my role will be carried as the airlift performance and flow air ride brand manager um, with more product lines to come. But everything that falls under the performance umbrella, which is air management, struts, you know, any new product development, all of that is, is something that I'll be working with. Um, currently, the, the flow line might 
see its way over to the utility side, but currently it's residing in the performance side, which is just the after performance aftermarket lowered suspension. Dude, that's got to be exciting for you to be able to not only have the weight off your shoulders from the, you know, from not running your own business, but then to be handed the reins of overseeing some cool stuff that you're really into. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much like fun stuff to come guys. Like it's really going to be a blast. (laughs) There's a lot, there's a lot on the drawing board and you know, it's, it's exciting to have a team, um, you know, of experts in every given field, you know, an engineer, uh, even a copywriter and a manual writer, like uh, this team of people that's already been assembled to be like, Hey, I got this idea. (laughs) So I'm hearing from you that you are going to need to come back on the show because you have more things to talk about once you get your uh, your feet wet and settled. That's quite possible. <laughs> All right. I, I already yes. Hey, do you need to move or do you get to stay where you are? That That's a great question. Actually, that's been one of the, the multi-emailed questions. Um, I will be staying with my family in Oklahoma uh, and traveling as needed. Well, what a, what a good deal for you, dude. Where is uh, Airlift based? Uh, Lansing, Michigan, beautiful Lansing. I'm, like I said, I'm currently here. It's about 18 degrees. Uh, so I'm getting used to the cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Michigan, I was in Tennessee uh, a couple days ago and got the same storm. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It came through. Yep. You're right. Same, same system. Uh, but they said it's been mild here for winter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they say that to everybody, by the way, don't fall for it. <laughs> Yeah. If you, That's if what you they say to everyone, they're trying to get to move to Michigan. Dude, right? the deal with Michigan, and it's like my home away from home because I travel there so much, is if somebody tells you it's a mild winter and you look around and you see snow on the ground, they're a freaking liar. If somebody yeah, tells you it's snow. been a mild winter and there's brown grass and and the parking lots are still black, you can believe them. That's how. That's the, the trust. Yeah, yeah, that's the Michigan trust test right there. And also, <laughs> yeah, there you go. It, w- w- since you're gonna be visiting there, you have to know Michigan's uh, state flower. It blooms every spring. It's very important. It's uh, actually the orange traffic cone. <laughs> <laughs> there is a ton of construction. No, You're dude, not kidding. Always, always. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's cool. Like, you know, you guys know how it goes. You travel all over. Uh, Michigan's Used got, to. you know, that cool automotive. It's still got that vibe, right? Like the Detroit vibe. So there's a ton of industry here and such. But the facility is huge, guys. Like, Touring the facility that they've expanded, I want to say it's 170,000 with another addition. But I I mean, it's just huge, right? Like, I walk out of my two bay shop and, you know, hop on a plane and jump in and land in production engineering to QC these, um, you know, installation uh, bays. And I'm like, wow, (laughs) no joke. (laughs) Hey, Mike, go back to how does this deal get orchestrated? Does someone walk up to you and see him and go, Hey, let's talk. Let's have a drink later. Or do you know someone at airlift? Is that, is that really what happened? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, I mean, about four years ago, I mean, I've been working with the guys. We've been good friends. We've been partners on several projects and builds. Uh, I used their product, you know, for over 20 years, but I would say it all started about SEMA four years ago. We had a carbon fiber air tank and, you know, one of the guys at airlift walked over and, um, the, to back up a little bit, it actually also happened with ride tech, you know, Brett came over to our booth and, you know, we talked a little bit before his buyout. Uh, but I, I believe companies, uh, the, the good companies in the automotive aftermarket kind of look for the up and comers and they keep an eye on us. They keep an eye on the little guys. 
And if they're truly a helpful, caring company, they watch. And if it fits and if it makes sense, I mean, look at uh, CompCams and Edelbrock. I mean, there's there's a ton of opportunity for in the automotive aftermarket. The garage guy can build his own business and he can become, you know, part of the bigger, better big brother if uh if it makes sense. Did you ever think about uh, selling the company when you started it? Or was this purely you wanted to do no. it? Uh, or we, never never like, oh, I'm going to build a company that gets sold to some bigger fish? You know, honestly, the, the weirdest thing is that's what I wanted to do with Slammed, like the Rev oh, Media. So I wanted to do that and sell it back to you, Sean. But yeah. like ultimately <laughs> the, the, the flow thing really was like this, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. You know, like I can do this. It was yeah, more of you. a, yeah, I didn't have that as the end goal, you know, or like right away. So wait, you, you, you've got, you're at SEMA, you've got your carbon fiber tank, which by the way, you were on a, on an end aisle in the, in one of the tents, I want to say with a, did you have a bread van at that time? Bread? <laughs> yeah. The, did you see the big, uh, it, it was Max Grundy's. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, COE that, that we ended up buying from him as our first kind of booth display vehicle. I remember that. Yeah, very cool. And so then you get asked to have a drink and how's that conversation go? Because I want to, I want to, well, so that was cool. That was a few years ago, right? So like it took, you know, a chat with the boys and, you know, just like where we can partner on different um, content, media sponsorship things. You know, we just kind of kept the relationship going at that talk at that time definitely was not, you know, I don't know what they were talking about, but to me was, you know, how can we work together more? It had nothing to do with an acquisition or a buyout by any means up until I want to say the true process of actually going through this was about nine months. It was about a nine month. That's um, not surprising. I mean, that stuff usually takes time because everybody's got to do their due diligence and figure out if, you know, you're an a-hole that has been in jail 12 times or whatever the case may be, or if you're going to embarrass their company. You found out about Showfest? (laughs) Or if your tanks blow up at 100 PSI or... (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's definite, you know, like, you know, they have to dig the dirt. And ultimately, a a company uh, as such, you know, airlift 70 years, guys, right? Like, they're a mainstay. They're not going anywhere. So, yeah, to take a gamble on Mike Alexander, I mean, look... I don't, I don't know if they made the right choice yet, right? <laughs> hey, in all fairness, either do they. <laughs> it's pretty cool, though, dude. You go to airliftperformance.com, and right on the homepage, Flow Air Ride MFG Manufacturing. Welcome Flow Air Ride, now part of the Airlift Performance Group. Like, that is freaking cool. It is, guys. It really, like, you know, look, it's a dream come true. It was a sh- ton of hard work and a lot of you know tears and lost friends lost sleep you know lost relationships and hard roads and you know wanted to give up more often than not but it really was it's it's a it's a dream come true i'm kind of it's a little surreal still even talking to you guys from lansing michigan (laughs) (laughs) well dude you you worked hard you earned it i mean i think it's it's super rad to uh to see your success and i mean geez you and i have known each other almost 20 years and to be to be in a place where uh you know i'm seeing seeing my boys and 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 guys that i grew up in this industry with going out and killing it and doing cool things like that's that's a big treat for me hey and you have a patent on this right yeah, so there's there's IP and there's some technology. We don't have an actual like an industrial patent or utilitarian, you know, utility patent, 
but the new stuff coming might. Well, so when in in their press release, they were very specific to say that we bought Flo's intellectual property, which told me there has to be something that was patented or patentable. Yes. All right, then. Okay. (laughs) Well, we heard it there first. Yes is the the answer. All right. Well, if you guys want to follow uh, Mike Alexander at Mike, A-F-L-O underscore slammed, S-L-A-M-D on the gram. He's got all sorts of cool pictures in there. I want to hit home again because this is not just for lower trucks. If you've got train horns, you've got any kind of uh, an air cylinder on there right now and you've got any corrosion issues, you've got or you just want a sexier approach. Flow air ride. I mean, I don't even have air suspension on my F100. I just want to put one in the bed because it's pretty. Because it looks cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> it I'll, I'll so fill pretty. it with. Uh, <laughs> I'll get two of them. Fill one with CO2 and one with beer. There you go. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, thanks for finally uh, getting on the show with us. We appreciate it. Congratulations on this acquisition, your success, and we will be checking in with you in the next uh, couple months when you're going to debut a new product because you told us that you are. Yeah. So we're going <laughs> to hold you to it. <laughs> Hey, I tell you what, you guys get first dibs. Oh, hey, (laughs) all right. We do break news here. Well, hey, check check this out. Uh, We don't know, and they don't know if uh, this relationship, uh, if they chose well, but I know that for a guest, we chose well. I don't understand what you just said, but okay. Mike laughed. It's good. He okay, did. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, you guys rock. Thank you for having me on the show and, you know, more sound effects on the way out. Oh, all right. Let's see. Well, what, what do, you, do, what do, what do we want to do? Oh, I got it. I got it. Is That's he worth... what she said. There you go. How about, uh, should he, should we give him an inside job or should we do five stars and see if he nails the, uh, yeah, brother? There's no way he's going to get that. He has never heard it before. He's, there's no way he can do that. Should we try and see if I can get it? Uh, but what does it have to do with Mike? That is funny. All right, let's go. All right, here, here we go. go. This is so I've played this this jingle. <laughs> so Mike, you don't know that we love five star reviews on Apple Podcasts, and okay. we read the reviews. And that I had to make a jingle because we were always just launching into the segment with no jingle. So I make this stupid jingle, and Holman can't get the very last part, and you'll hear why right now. Five star. Five star. Five stars. Five stars. Five. 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 Stars. Five stars. Right, right back, back at you, brother. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Again! You damn it! Again! Never nailed that. So he can't. He probably obliterated. He couldn't hear. There's a guy at the end that says, "Right back at you, brother." But it's not on beat. No, it's totally and Holman cannot get it. You know how, uh, Mike? Some people have weird superpowers, like they can drink a bottle of mustard and it doesn't bother them, or like some people, you know, just my superpower is actually I'm unable to do anything off beat or on beat for that matter. So. No, that's your kryptonite. <laughs> is that my kryptonite? Yeah, yeah. I just it's impossible. I already. Am offbeat to begin with, yeah. and this is just, it just messes with me every time. What the hell is wrong with you? I don't know Lots, what is wrong with you. Lots, yeah. yeah. All right, well, <laughs> you were fantastic. Thank you, and we'll check in with you soon. All right, gentlemen. All right. Really good. Talk to you. Right. Later. Bye. Holman, what do you suppose it feels like to be successful? Well, I wouldn't know, so I'm going to fill the void with truck news. Oh, goody gumdrops. What's what new in trucks? We need to know. What's new? I said really good. Drops. What's wrong with you? <laughs> we need to know. 
What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Uh, Gumdrops. Oh, what? I mean, why would you say goody gumdrops? I don't know. I mean, were you like, were you channeling your old timey machine or something? And do you think anyone cares that we're recording this at one in the morning? I mean, I care. I care about too, it. but this one's painful. Guys, I'm Can sorry. Can you tell? Oh, Light, lightning's Lord. fading fast. All right, here, let's get through it. We're going to do some yeah. awesome truck news and wake lightning up. I'm ready. I'm ready. Hold on. Here we go. This is me standing up. <laughs> Bringing the microphone up to uh, as high as it will Clearly, go. Clearly, listeners, and I love you more because I'm still sitting down. And here we go. One, two, no, stop. three, He's jumping jacks. Four, you can't stop. Your five, gut five. is your gut is hitting other parts of your body. That's it. I'm done. I just right. five jumping jacks. All right. Can I do the news now? Let's go. Do it. All right. Uh, for those of you who missed our bonus episode, mm-hmm. the uh, non V8 powered Raptor was uh, announced last week, mm-hmm. and uh, there will be a V8 powered Raptor R variant, but it's going to be no. No, we don't need that. Okay. We did that last time. Okay. The V8-powered Raptor R variant will be uh, delayed about a year, but in the meantime, you can get a Raptor 37 with a different chassis than the standard Raptor, which will be the underpinnings for the V8 Raptor, but with the 3.5-liter EcoBoost. Wait, what? That's not confusing at all, Ford. We need to have one of uh, the Ford peeps on to talk about the new Raptor as soon as possible and clear up all these, uh, I don't know. Things we need some it. kind of a Venn diagram or pie chart or abacus. Oh no, to, no, no, no! no. We just all together. We need a flow chart. Flow chart. Yes, yeah. flow chart. Yeah. Uh, did you hear? No. Uh, you should have been because uh, you were here when I told you. Also, uh, in our last bonus episode, we talked about the uh, all new 2022 Nissan Frontier finally being unveiled with the 3.8 liter, 310 horsepower V6 with the nine speed. Super excited to see it in person. All new styling, which looks awesome. Great interior. interior. Yeah, oh, yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Nine inch screen, Pro 4X model, rear locker, 32 inch tires. You know, all that kind of good stuff. Um, okay, so. I had an interesting conversation with my friend Dan over at Nissan, who uh, listens to the show. And when he was based in Japan, he listened to the show on his uh, walk to work every day. What does Dan do? Uh, Dan is now super important back in the American Nissan. So we need to... Well, hold on. Off air, I've been asking you to team me up because I'm very interested in purchasing said new truck. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so moving right along, uh, truck's not going to be available till the... uh, End of summer, so we got plenty of time for you to try and work your way into one, I suppose. The Nissan Heritage Museum does not have a Nissan hardbody King Cab 4x4. And so Dan asked me to reach out to our listeners for you guys to start finding, you know, not like crazy $20,000 examples of the red, white, and blue Desert Runner truck, mm-hmm. but like really clean Nissan King Cab 4x4s. Perhaps V6, perhaps manual. We'll see what's out there. But he's like, I'm having a hard time finding one. Do you think your listeners would want to find one for the Nissan Heritage Project? And uh, he said that if the listeners found one and they decided to buy it, you and I would have access to it to go do something. Oh, really? All right. I'm going to find one for us right now. You ready? Uh Uh-huh. Hey, Ben. Ben Palmer, we need one. <laughs> yeah. Give us a holler. Thanks. All yeah. right. Ben just... Palmer, you know. <laughs> if, you, if you know, you know. Ben. Uh... I've never I've never asked for a vehicle and had Ben not find one. Uh, ben is uh, our super sleuth. In fact, we have him coming up on an uh, upcoming episode. So yep. you'll get to hear Ben, and uh, hopefully by then he would have found Nissan uh, a hard body for their collection. So how rad would that be if our listeners found the vehicle that's going to go in the Nissan collection, and Nissan said, hey, before we do our thing with it, 
go drive somewhere in a hard body. Be rad. Can we do that to uh, the Oregon, the gambler? Uh, you know what? We Maybe. I'm not saying no. It's I'm probably too well equipped to do the gambler. It wouldn't. Yeah. It, would, it would handle it well. It needs to. What we need to do is take delivery of it for Nissan. That way, all the damage we do to it, they'll fix it before they put on display. That's a good call. Yeah. Except for the part where Nissan doesn't want a damaged vehicle. Ben, ben uh, get cracking. We need one. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the help. In all right. advance. All right. So uh, Nissan news, uh, Raptor news. Sadly. No, this is where you say did you hear. Sadly. Did you hear? Sadly. No. Sadly, Moab Easter Jeep Safari was rumored to be no more. That they weren't able to get their permits because of COVID uh, and, bef- and because of... Cur- uh, <laughs> And because of a and because of and because of a kerfuffle with some UTV. Did you just say kerfuffle? You said goody gumdrops. I can say kerfuffle. Anyway, the rumor spread on socials like wildfire, and everyone went, "No, Easter Jeep Safari is canceled." All right, so. Go to fourwheeler.com. We have an article that has the latest updates on it. Uh, Easter Jeep Safari, as of today, is not canceled, but they were not able to secure a permit. They need to do some more stuff because of COVID and whatnot with the county. It's in a holding pattern right now. And the Moab Chamber of Commerce wants to let you know if there's not an organized event, Moab is still open for visitors, open for business, and open to go wheeling. So stay tuned for uh, Mm. what? That was awful. I mean, that was they, that was awful. Yeah, it's awful news. Horrible news. Like, we already lost Easter Jeep Safari last year. It's one of the greatest events of the year to lose it for two years in a row. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, this is me. I'm ready to go just take vacation and go anyway because everyone will be there, and I miss my friends. All right, uh, on to uh, other event news. For those of you who are interested in participating. No, no this is a yes. No. no, but you normally ask, did you hear, and I say no. Yeah, but this is, should be a yes. This is exciting news. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Overland Adventure 21 is a go. So four wheelers uh, Overland trip. It will be uh, May 17th through the 21st. Head over to fourwheeler.com where you can figure out how to send in your application. I believe they'll be open for the next month or so. Um, and the staff will pick the vehicles. It'll be uh, presented by Jeep this year. And uh, we want to just uh, let you know to get that on your calendar. So if you've ever been interested in participating in Overland Adventure, uh, applications will be uh, being accepted here in the near future. It's going to be an epic trip. Uh, we're looking at Utah this year. So I'll have uh, more information as uh, things become available. Are we there yet? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, you're bad on timing there. That's Is that your uh, right back at your brother? <laughs> in, uh, in other news, uh, Holman still has not said right back at your brother on time. Nope. You're unable to do it. It's, it's just it's, not even possible. I have problems. No, you can't do it. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five. 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 Stars. Five stars. Right back at you, brother. Oh! Yes! He did it. He did it. Yes! <laughs> I didn't even say buddy either. Woo! Yes! Woo! <laughs> Yeah! All right. Well, I think you uh now you pegged the meter over here. It's now two in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, but I did it. I knew I just I was channeling the forces at that point. I'm like, I'm going to get it right. Mm-hmm. I can now say I have 
Uh, I can now be at peace. And I'm going to uh, deliver what I feel is uh-huh. uh, the most important news of this show. Okay. Did you hear? How about no? Honda has announced pricing for the 2021 Honda Ridgeline. Uh, the trim levels will be the Sport, the RTL. No. 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 Yes. <laughs> There's the that one guy. RTL E and Black Edition. The Sport trim starts out at thirty-seven six sixty-five. All prices include a one thousand one hundred and seventy-five destination no. charge, or three hundred and fifty dollars more than the Alco in twenty twenty model. <laughs> Uh, the least the least expensive Ridgeline jumps twenty five hundred and ninety dollars. Might be try again of the uh, extra equipment like standard all wheel drive. The uh, RTL starts at forty six forty five. The RTL E is uh, forty three five ninety five, and the top of the line Black Edition forty five oh ninety five. All more expensive than the outgoing model, and we now know. The Honda Performance Development Package that includes a unique grill that you really like, an HPD emblem, black fender flares, bronze painted wheels, and special bed graphics will come to a price of just $2,800. You must be out of your mind. The three other packages are utility at $1,465, Function at $270, and Function Plus at $1,350. And, uh... Honda Function has, Plus. Honda hasn't told us what hmm. is actually included in those packages. But uh, since we are the purveyors of Honda Ridgeline News and the biggest fans, I just wanted to make sure that all of our listeners were uh, apprised of Honda's new pricing for 21. We are deeply sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. Yeah, we don't like to bring you on to Ridgeline News. A <laughs> uh, video was recently captured of the Ranger Raptor and the Bronco Warthog together in camo. Looks like the Ranger, I'm going to guess 33-inch tires, Bronco 35-inch tires. Makes sense with the Raptor going to 37. Sort of like a, you know, batter, baddest, badassist okay, <laughs> strategy. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, depending on where you are. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the Raptor... In the Ranger platform is packing in terms of power, but it's a tough-looking little truck. Um, it'll be interesting. It looks like if you want a Raptor SUV, you go Bronco. If you want one pickup, you've got Ranger or you've got F-150 Raptor to choose from. So Ford is really pushing that uh, off-road performance side of the house right now. Did you hear? No. It means it's time for Inbox. You email? Yeah, I email. Do it. For me to read. Come on. That was awful. It's awful. Awful. Wow. awful. It's it's 1 30 a.m. Now the listeners don't know. It's it's there's a graveyard guy going, yeah, it's 4 a.m. Or there's a dude driving a truck going, it's 2 a.m. They don't care that you've been up all day. Here, read this. No, they don't care. I don't care. I don't expect you guys to care. Shed a tear for us. 
Holman's handing me some uh, email, which is printed out in the hallway here at Motor Trend. Subject line podcast length from Mr. Trevor. Uh, so I won't accept anything less than three hours for every 2021 episode. Thank you, Trevor. Trevor, screw you. <laughs> I'm what? too tired what? to put together a three-hour episode. Do you for want? You. Do you want me to read the rest of these? No, I just did. No, I'm, I'm happy. You, Trevor, thank you for listening. I love you. Yell at the rest of. Our I would hug you if you were across from me right now. I'd lean over the console awkward. and hug no, you. You know, by HR, you're not allowed to hug people randomly any longer. I have a mask on. That's not why they don't want you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> read the email, or is it my turn? It's your turn. I just oh, okay. read one. Uh, I'll read another one. I'm happy. I'm on a roll. You ready? Uh, how about this one from our friend Clint? Mm-hmm. Where to start? Oh, all the ways he hates you. Uh, no, this is about him hating somebody else. There's no way. Yeah. He hates you more than no, anyone. He sent me a awesome flag. No, he didn't. Framed. He, no, he hates he you. He sent me an American flag and he sent you a crappy California flag. You know what he said? Guys, I seen the suckage meter. Mm-hmm. You've pinned the needle on this episode. That's what he said. No, that's not what he said. Oh. Well, he sort of said that. So he says, Jets, so having been a listener from day one, as you know, I feel I understand your show and your loyal audience. I love every show and could be accused of being a fanboy. I would say he's a fan man, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've introduced many guys to your show and make it a must-listen every week. I say all that is a preface to the fact that I only write in when the show really moves me. Uh-oh. First off, Chopper from Decked was awesome! Oh, really? Good, 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 good. His, yeah, his comments during the other segments were priceless, and he addressed much of the California pompousness perpetrated by your other guest. It was great. His segment was super entertaining and informative. He made me way more excited for deck products, and he really related to truck people. He'd be a great addition every week. And now, for the not-so-good. Mm. Johnny Lieberman has no place on this show. He offends every aspect of the truck community and alienates your core audience every time you have him on. You get negative feedback every single time, but you're so personally enamored by him that you don't care that we all hate him. Okay, number one, not personally enamored by him. I think you might be. literally my peer. No, he's a friend of mine. No, but I know that, but you and I both think he's really talented. Yeah, but he's uh, he is. He's Anyway... Unlike all my truck show podcast listening friends and family who opted out when seeing the guest list, I listened to the entire episode. I did find his Toyota info interesting. See? But it doesn't change his arrogance and condescension. But here's the deal. We like that he's like that, and we like that it irritates you and that- Not it, you specifically, no, just, Clint, just in people, general. Right. Because it causes us to get emails like this. There's no, it causes, you, it causes you to emote. And because be, and be outside w- of your comfort zone a little bit. Well, no, no. So here's what you don't want. Back in my radio days, here's what you looked at when you were testing music, right? You put a new song on the radio and you go, how do, do people like it? So here's what you're looking at. Is it familiar? Okay. That's the most important thing is familiarity. Then you look at, do people like it or do they hate it? If they like it and it's familiar, it stays. If they hate it and it's familiar, it stays. If it's unfamiliar and they hate it and they hate it, it's it gone. Yeah. No, and and we know Johnny's effect on people. That's part of what's interesting. It it we can have a conversation. This isn't like we're not I'm not a fanboy of Johnny's. I just think he brings interesting perspective and yeah, I know that he's not a truck guy and he knows he's not a truck guy. So sometimes, but he is a smart journalist. He does know a lot about cars and about the industry. And it's great to hear, like you said, even though you hated the interview, you still gleaned something valuable from it, which is, 
at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is give you guys some perspective from all over the industry, even if they're not your favorites. He says, uh, continues, the fact that he has so little understanding of our community was demonstrated by how he raved about the Defender being so great. The Land Rover Defender is an abomination for the entire off-road community that appreciated the heritage of most hardcore mark from that historic brand. They neutered that great platform into the minivan of Land Rover. It's just wrong, yet Lieberman celebrates that fact. He hates trucks. He looks down his nose at your fans as unsophisticated rednecks. I beg of you, never to subject us to his arrogance again. He can go back to the Highbrow podcast about Lamborghinis where he belongs. Anyway, still a big fan. Five stars. Five star review! Five stars! And mounter those parameters. Mounter, monitor, key, engine, parameters. See you in the desert, Clint. And Clint, I'm, I'm not dismissing your email. Totally appreciate that. This is exactly the type of feedback that we, that we like. And I can tell you from the level of downloads that we got off that episode, it definitely did not hurt the show. And I think that there was still valuable information in us just kind of having the conversation with him. So I give you permission whenever we uh, have Johnny listed to opt out of that particular show. I wish you wouldn't, though, because I still think that there's value to, you know, there's a lot of things that I put myself uh, into listening that I'm not a big fan of because I still want to learn. So I don't know. 100 minutes I listen during chores is the subject line from RB. Hello, LNH. Happy 2021. I think ideal podcast length is 100 minutes. I typically listen doing chores anywhere from mowing the lawn, Bluetooth earbuds, worn under hearing protectors, or household kitchen chores, noise canceling headphones in that case. Thanks, Ray. Uh, okay, 100 minutes. Interesting. Not, uh, not 90, not 120. 100. Uh, this one from Jake Pierce says, Lightning and Holman. I just watched the deck video on Motor Trend's YouTube channel. I must say the acting is right up there with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Take that compliment how you want it. But I do got to say that toolbox is badass. At first, I thought you were here in Indiana with all the corn, but then I remembered Decked was in Ohio. Either way, still a great video, and that facility looks top-notch. I recently took over American Ram Club's Hoosier Chapter Instagram page. Gave you guys a follow, of course. Not sure if you guys have checked out American Ram Club, but it's a national club. Ram-related, obviously, but we do a lot of cruises, a lot of charity events, and all in all, just have a good time. Please check them out if you get a chance. Of course, all of our listeners, check those guys out. Anyway, keep up the good work. The last few shows have been great. I've been a listener since day one. Thank you very much. And you haven't lost me yet. Time to crack open an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. Get back to work, as always. Five stars. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. Adios, muchachos. And that comes from uh, Jake Pierce from Indiana. Oh, very kind email. Thank you so much. First email, forever listener from Travis. Hello, light beer and hold my beer. First off, I've enjoyed every single episode and I, as well as others, really appreciate all the work you guys put into this. Well done. May we discuss one of my pet peeves that really needs to be discussed? Well, I'm referring to seeing a custom truck in a print magazine with a spotless exterior and interior and a completely dirty engine compartment. Am I the only one that gets a little triggered by this? Nope. If you are invited to star in a magazine, you had better be grateful and clean the freaking engine compartment. I know you've seen it before. Let's raise a toast to Dr. Pepper to the underlying love for printed automotive content. P.S. If you haven't already, look up Mini Truck Era Magazine at Mini Truck underscore Era underscore Magazine. Instagram photos and videos on Instagram. They are keeping the 90s mini truck scene alive like no other group I've found. Thank you both from Travis, and he is from uh, Arvada, Colorado, uh, home of our friends at ATS. That's right. Uh, I will tell you, as a former magazine editor, uh, my pet peeve is dirty interiors and uh, dirty engine compartments and steering wheels that are not centered. 
I mean, like they're crooked. They're turned. Not like a G. I hate the Chevy uh, uncentered ones. I mean, I hate an interior shot where the wheels turned. I used to turn those. I would not let my guys run it. I'm like, no, go fix it. I would tell them, we do not run photos of the interior with a wheel turn. How about center caps when the logo is uh, upside down or sideways? Um, that one, it depends on how visible it is. It bugged me, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a, I'll turn your story around like the uh, steering wheel thing was. Gotcha. This one from Josh Shorewater of Ontario, Canada. Hey, Lightning and Holman, you were wondering where some of us listeners spent our time catching up on the show. Here's where I spend my time every morning. We have a dairy goat farm, so Mondays are always nice to get a new episode. Milking takes about two and a half hours, so one episode works out nicely. Our dogs Goldie and Titan are usually hanging out with me, too. No, Do- I've never had. What? Goat, goat milk. Goat milk? Never not once. Uh, and I would like to try some. You know what I love? No. Goat cheese. On oh, like really? a charcuterie plate. Hmm. Yes, and I know how to spell charcuterie. Uh, keep up the awesome shows. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. And five stars. Five star review. Five stars. And uh, Josh sent us pictures of his milking operation, which looks incredibly modern, futuristic, and clean. Check that out. Of The uh, goats being milked. I would want to go and do... I've always wanted to milk a animal. That is high tech, but kind of weird and gross at the same time. It's like... Uh, I don't know, a space age movie where they're... Yeah, where they're harvesting Harvesting things. things. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. And cool, <laughs> but weird. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Johnny Lieberdouche, subject line from uh, Chris. <laughs> hey, guys, longtime listener, first time caller. <laughs> Top like is Stop. AFIKM. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, just kidding. I have wrote in numerous times, and I appreciate you airing my emails. I think every show you've ever put out has been five stars unless... Johnny is on. (laughs) His relationship to trucks, in my opinion, is minimal. He's too fancy for the nitty-gritty truck stuff, and he probably only gets invited to truck events because he is prevalent elsewhere. He isn't a real truck guy like you guys. Seeing him on the current podcast, I immediately... Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I mean, you and Johnny are about the same as truck guys go. No, well, the, no, hold on a second. And I, 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 in all seriousness, our depth of knowledge in trucks probably are similar, but our enthusiasm for trucks are wildly different. No, I would, I would agree with that. I, I would put our knowledge against his in the truck world. Again, we don't necessarily have him on because he's a truck expert. We have him on because he's an automotive personality. Whether you like that or not, or agree with it or not, um, it's fun to. And he's also interested in other topics. Like it was kind of fun to go. Down the the look, the, I I'm a watch. fan. I, I, I'm a fan of his. I, I legitimately am a fan of Johnny, and the reason is, I like him like I like Matt Farah of the Smoking Tire Podcast because they know all things about all freaking vehicles, encyclopedic like knowledge. I don't know how. Like it's it's a it's I can't my synapses don't work that way. They have incredible recall about so many uh, uh, cars and trucks and even motorcycles for that matter. And so I envy that. And I love hearing these stories that these guys, because they get to test drive everything. Does he come across occasionally as being snooty? Yeah. Yeah, he does. But I don't care. I am more interested in his stories and his experiences than his perceived arrogance. Okay. Uh, Seeing him on the current podcast, I immediately deleted the show. Hmm. This will be the first truck show podcast I won't listen to. His voice is nails on a chalkboard. And... He's an asshat douche nozzle. Okay. Um, so, Chris, <laughs> I'm, I have mixed – I don't have mixed feelings. I'm upset that you deleted the, the – uh, why? 
the show's two hours. He was on for no more than an hour fifteen. Yeah, you could have just right? uh, fast track through that, and uh, that's what the. 15 I mean, there, there is a there's a you don't, even have, you don't even know that skip scroll. button. There's a scroll you yeah. can drag your thumb across at the bottom. You go okay, I'm out on this one. So that hurt. That hurts that, personally. That hurts, and I and I understand you don't like the dude, but you don't have to skip the show. Yeah, well, you don't like bro. us. I thought we were friends. Come on, you've been with us since the beginning, man. Chris, let's hug it out. Chris, let's let's, let's make this happen. Let's 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 make this work. Chris, uh, your homework is to re-download that episode and listen to all of it except for Johnny. Listen to Just the uh, listen to the donut, as we call it, the <laughs> beginning and the end without the middle. There, I'm sure there's something in there that uh, you'll find useful. All right, one last one here from Peter T. Episode length and COVID listening. Lady and Holman, I'm about halfway through episode 156, and you guys asked about length and COVID. I started listening at episode 28, and I've heard all the rest. 145 to two hours is a good length. I was doing a 30-minute each-way commute, first responder, so COVID didn't affect that. Mm, So that's two days for the episode. Commute drives are where I listened uh, the most. The long episodes have been great, though, since the guests were worth it. My commutes have stopped for paternity leave. Congratulations. With the birth of our second daughter, girl dad times two. So I've been listening during my runs. Turns out my cadence is the guitar riff for the parts department. I'm working my way up to the metal innovator motorator. I also listen in the rare time and get working on the Bronco solid axle swap in the garage. Keep up the great work. My commute is coming back soon, so I'll be listening whatever the length is. Happy New Year. Innovator, motorator, truck show. Innovator, motorator. That, he's trying to work up to that? Yeah. Okay. Says, uh, keep up the great work and keep those parameters mounted. Girl dad times two, just like me. Land Cruiser subject line from Sam Houston. Good morning, guys. It's been a while since I wrote, but it's nice to see. Scratch that. Here, Land Cruiser content on the show, even if it is the fact that the 200 series will no longer be sold in the new, in the U.S. next year. I still miss my HZJ77 that I previously sent you a picture of, but I also miss the 2013 URJ200 I had until somebody else wanted it more than I did. I agree with Lightning that to the average consumer, it's just a Toyota. But I also agree with Holman that to those in the know, it is a land cruiser. Overbuilt, over-engineered, no frills functionality is first and foremost, and guaranteed to get you there wherever there is, but more importantly, guaranteed to get your butt back safely. Keep up the good work. Your show makes my daily commute much easier, and I'd love to hear you talk with Dan Busey of the Land Cruiser Heritage Museum at some point. He's a wealth of knowledge on these trucks, and he has a few unique firearms as well, or even Greg Miller of Expedition 7. Sam Houston, CFO, Fab Force, Inc. We haven't had those guys on in a long time. Time to do it. We should, but but not today because it is time to head on home. We would love to hear from you anytime, any day, any night. Send us an email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That is truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. And of course, he's at LBC Lightning. I'm at Sean P. Holman. We are at Truck Show Podcast. If you want to follow us on the socials, and uh, you can always hit us up on the five-star hotline. If you're feeling lonely in the middle of the night your loved one snuck out for a beer and well, you snuck out for a beer and you're by yourself and just need a friend to talk where to. do they go for a beer during this, these covid times I, i'm just saying they maybe they're I'll alone somewhere. in the backyard okay, sipping I, a beer I mean, i've done that sure have you really gone to a bar no i haven't <laughs> no you haven't. <laughs> no, you haven't i'm just saying if you're lonely give us a call 657-205-6105 cheer us up and cheer yourself up by leaving a message that thousands 
and thousands of people will hear. You'll be an instant hero to your family, to us, to everybody nationwide. You're really building this thing up. (laughs) Just get up, my friend. Get out, my friend. If you can't get with people, leave us a voicemail. 657-205. That's an incredible uh, motivational speech there for our uh, five-star hotline. You know, that's on my list of next careers. Motivational speakers? I have like five things that I would do that would be interesting in. Like if somebody said... You're paid for. You don't have to worry about money, and you can choose these five things. Mm-hmm. That's that's on the list. Are you serious? Yeah, I think I motivate and inspire people on a weekly basis on our podcast. I think I could take it to an in-person audience sometime and tell them how they're loved and good, and should do things like build trucks and jump things that have warranties and go fast. That's funny. I don't recall asking for a really, 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 boring story. My God. Don't you understand? No one cares. Yep. All right. Well, then I'll end the show with stuff people do care about. Yeah. What's like Like thanking Nissan, our presenting sponsor. Oh. And fawning over the 2022 Nissan Frontier. But you can't get it yet. Can't get it until summer. So you're a huge tease then. That's right. So for now, if you're looking for a truck, Head on down to your Nissan dealer. Check out the Titan. Check out the Titan XD. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. You can check out the freshened Armada. How about the NV line of commercial vans? And if you need a Frontier now, you can still get the 2021 Frontier with the uh, same 3.8-liter, 310-horsepower V6. That's coming and, in the 22. And, and, transmission? A very nice Jatco 9-speed. Exactly. Build and price any of those at NissanUSA.com. And when you're looking for the ultimate storage solution for your truck or van, look no further than Deck.com, where you're going to find their twin sliding drawer system or the brand new toolbox. Deck.com. Hey, don't forget the uh, D-bag. It's like a deck system for your back. I didn't forget it. I mean, I ignored it on purpose. How about the crossbox? No, I'll talk about that. The crossbox is cool. How about the D-box? The D-box is great because it goes in your deck sliding drawer system. How about the optional ladder inside the deck toolbox? Uh, I want them to see that in video form on deck.com. Or on Motor Trend's YouTube channel where they can see us demonstrate it. No, I'd rather them not see that. (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you in the market for brake pads, check out DuralastParts.com where you can find the SD brake pads that are specially engineered for heavier trucks and hauling. The OE slots and chamfers neutralize vibrations and eliminate noise. And, of course, they can be paired with the SD rotors, which offer exceptional heat dissipation for heavy vehicles and payloads. Fully zinc-coated rotors reduce rust and prevent excessive wear from road grime and debris. They're available for over 93% of all vehicles, 2,000 and newer. Once again, you can find all those braking products and a whole lot more at DuralastParts.com. What if I wanted to go to a store and buy them? You can do that, too. Add to AutoZone. <laughs> You just <laughs> fell apart right there. Damn. Man, I, we, this, this, we just, we, we ended the show poorly. <laughs> that was awful. I mean, that was, they, that was awful. Yeah. You have got to be kidding me. You are 160 shows in, and you still aren't any better. You may want to reevaluate your lives. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. 